What up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 91, where I had a chance to sit down with my now new good friend, Mide Sine. We talked about how amazing her name is and the fact that I need to pretty much just throw Tommy Runs out, figure out a new name, because Mide Sine sounds too good to be true, so I need to figure this I gotta figure my name. I need, I need, I need, I need something better. But really quickly, I wanted to say a big shout out and big thank you to Falca Sport for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Falca was uh, in 1996. Falca created the Falca Ergonomic Sport System with the aim to apply the long-term knitting experience into the field of sports biomechanics. Uh, Falca Sport is developed in collaboration with sports scientists and is specifically created to the anatomical needs of sports for unrestricted movement optimal climatic conditions and ultimate support to experience comfort while performing at your best falco sport is developed to support athletes to move better feel better and perform better and i myself as a falco sport ambassador um have run in all their different socks and when i tell you that each one is different and each one has its own purpose it's actually pretty insane how technical the socks are and how much different one sock feels to the next and you really can go by and based on how you feel that day what you need for that day or what you're about to embark on if you need more cushion in your sock if you need more support in your ankle this day or that day or if you need the more compression around certain points of the foot um, each sock is left right Uh, they're not left right compatible it's very left right specific so it if you put them on backwards you will feel it you know it's like it sounds silly, but it, the point is they're just amazing socks. And I've kind of compared it to like the technology that goes into some of these running shoes that we spend a lot of money on. Uh, Falca has really kind of matched that intensity and uh, specificity uh, to make sure that the socks that we're wearing within these within these shoes gives us the best optimal and best chance to continue to perform at a high level and feel good out there my favorite socks in particular are the achilles socks that have like these really cool nubs that like go down the back of your achilles so while you're running it's promoting more blood flow to the achilles so it kind of prevents and fights off that achilles tendonitis that i actually suffer from from time to time Um, so whenever i do like a hard workout the next day i'll make sure that i wear these socks to kind of help with that like fight fight that off because typically for me you know my achilles flares up after a bunch of speed work or a race or something like that so i throw these on um to kind of help out fight fight that that tendency or that issue and it's been seeming to work really well for me so um big shout out to falca for sponsoring this episode uh and yeah, I would definitely check them out. So make sure you go to falca.com um, to check out their socks and check out what they have to offer. You will not be, um, you, you'll be happy. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Um, but yes, we had Mireille Sine on the, on, the, on the podcast today. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about her being a black runner. We talked about the growing up in L.A. and um, pursuing her dreams uh, in in different ways. Uh, But then we talked about her fight with lupus. Uh, I was not aware that she had this uh, had lupus. Um, But there was a moment in time where she had to make a decision to fight through this thing that is that, you know, is terrible and it can take so many people out. But she continued to fight and get better and stronger um, and then just really turn on the switch where she was just not going to stop. She was going to keep going. And I love that 
concept and that drive um and i felt like i was i left out of this this episode very motivated to um number one continue to push no matter what happens uh but then also like enjoy the journey along the way because she's just an insanely joyful person um and i really enjoy this conversation where falca comes in for her is she ran this uh this really cool journey uh from boston to new york with six women or five other women uh three from out of the country and three with you know three from the u.s um five six women lined up in boston and headed and made that journey to new york on foot they went over the apple they went through the appalachian trail there was 11 days of just running every day figuring out the next the next route and being uh you know kind of chauffeured and not chauffeured but like monitored and filmed and uh supported by falca so shout out to falca for doing something dope like that big shout out to them for picking six women as opposed to just six guys or whatever like you know sometimes we just got to be left out and and i love the fact that they empowered these six women to to jump jump into this journey do something really crazy and insane um and i'm so happy that midday was part of that process and to have a black woman be do something like that for me was just a pleasure to watch and very motivating and very inspirational so hopefully you enjoy this episode make sure you follow midday make sure you go to instagram follow and like all the things that she does she's an amazing woman Uh, but then also make sure you subscribe subscribe to this podcast because that's what you're supposed to do if you don't already subscribe to the podcast make sure that you like it share it and leave a review um with no further ado sorry for the long warm-up here um but now that we got our muscles working thank you so much falca thank you so much midday and hopefully you enjoy this episode Yo, how are you? Good, Tommy. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I had the opportunity to meet you at TRE in mm-hmm. Austin. Yeah. And I mean, I felt like I felt like when I walked up to you, I felt like I already knew you. Um, mm-hmm. You know how Instagram is. It's like, and then we know a lot of people that know each other. So, or we know people. You know, what I mean, that know yeah. us. Mutuals. Um, <laughs> you know, like a term for this. Like we have mutual friends. Um, yeah. And so like when I walked up to you the first time, like I had, I felt like I knew you already. I'm like, Hey, and then kind of like we stood there and we didn't like talk much. Like it was like, yes. we, like we had already done this before, yeah. but then I realized like, Oh my God, like I just like, I just met me at ACNA, you know, like what mm-hmm. the heck what's going on. Um, but I had a chance to sit down with you and talk uh, at TRE a little bit uh, in the Falca booth um, or the Falca like exhibit um, mm-hmm. and the expo, uh, which was really, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but really cool conversation, but I wanted to circle back because, you know, we talked a little bit about like the thing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Boston to New York, which is insane, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I know and feel that there's this story to get there. There's always a story to get us where we are, but I just wanted to give this like a proper time and talk to you, mm-hmm. learn about your journey, learn about who you are, um, and then lead it all the way up to that crazy epic 11 day venture you know adventure yeah. so um first off thank you for being on the show and thank we talked a little bit, we talked a little bit too about um how amazing your name is <laughs> yeah it sounds like a song Me i mean it today. sounds like it sounds like a song it sounds like <laughs> someone that would sing a song or yeah. an actress or whatever something like so like tommy runs is like obviously not my real name I mean, some people maybe think it is, but yeah. it isn't. Sorry, spoiler alert. It's not my real name. 
But even Tommy Runs is not as cool as Mide Sune. <laughs> so, like, t- can you just tell me, like, just humor me, what's, like, the origins of the name? Because it's it's a beautiful name. Yeah. I'm from Cameroon. Um, so I was born in Cameroon. My family's from Cameroon, um, from the f- previously, like, French colonized part. So there's Anglophone and Francophone sections of the country. We come from the Francophone side. So French is one of the main languages, as uh, including English and whatever dialect, like, your village speaks. So heavy French influence as far as culture as well. So Mireille is the name of Mireille Mathieu. It was like a prominent French singer that my parents really enjoyed. So mm, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that that's that's really that's just a like every time I say it, I'm like, I think after I learned what it was, I was obviously I mean, I'm sure quite a people quite a few people like mispronounce it just just based on the spelling of it because I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not hip to the uh to how it goes but as soon as I learned like exactly what it was and you told me I'm like I couldn't stop saying it. I'm like over and over like, walking down the hallway you know <laughs> it um, like blows off <laughs> yeah it, it's really good it's really good so I mean I may have to like look at changing my name to something a little bit <laughs> I mean, right like I can't I can't like, I need to figure this out Tommy runs is just not gonna work um but but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, so like a Cameroon uh, family, um, just talk to me a little bit about like the upbringing. How was that different? Because, um, you know, I identify as black. I believe you do as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then even in that, there's so many different experiences uh, that yeah. it's, it's it's it would be a shame to just blanket it like we all have the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what's what was like your upbringing like? Um, where where did you grow up at? All that. Yeah. Um, I lived in Cameroon up until age five. So I came when I, you know, when I came in the States in 1996, I had my sixth birthday. Um, and my family kind of settled on Los Angeles since then. I had a great uncle who was already here, like raising his family. We call him Grandpa because he's like an elder. Um, my dad came first, um, was here a couple of years before, like, you know, saving up enough money to bring my mother and my brother and I at the time. So it was just you know, three of us going over. Eventually, my family did grow to add three more sisters after that. Uh, but it's funny that you mentioned that, like, you identify as Black, because I feel like I didn't really know I was African until, like, I came to school here. Mm. So the first elementary school I went to, it's Windsor Hills in the View Park area. So it's a prominent Black area. I went yeah. to, like, a prominently Black, like, elementary school. But even, like, at that young age, I can I could see the other kids. And I'm like, there's something, like, different about me. Yeah. You know, like, I'm Black and I oh, feel right, it. Right. But I'm also just, like... Is my nose a little wider? Is my skin a little darker? Because I'm literally, you know, just came here from a different country. So that whole distinction between like what is African, what is black, and what is it like to be both was like not right, ingrained, right. but it's like, you know, you notice those things as a kid, even if you can't like articulate it at the time. Right. So like yeah. so were you um did you have an accent like when you I mean, right? Like you had an accent. Yeah. I mean, I I spoke French more fluently than I did English. So there was that. Right. Okay. Um so going back to kindergarten was my starting point here. So I was like already a year behind or ahead, however you want to look at it, just so I could be a little better at English. So um, I had that going on. My parents still have like very strong accents, but my siblings, my brother and I um, no longer have it just because we were young when we came here. So like, what what was like LA like that? What was LA like, you know, when you were coming up, I mean, in the area you were in um, and how did, you know, how did school and, and like the, the culture in the uh, neighborhood, how'd that mm-hmm. kind of like mold you as like, as a young, young, young lady? Yeah. So I grew up what I would later come to learn as historic Filipino town here in Los Angeles. 
Okay. Um, and I, you know, went to public schools and I was bused everywhere. So that was like a new concept for us too. It's like having to get in the bus up at a certain time, waking up early. And so from elementary through high school, that's all I knew. Um, it's like you take you take the school bus to school. Uh, my parents were really hip on me, like learning to drive at the age that everybody yeah. learned to drive. So it's just like, why would you do that? You got a bus pass. You know? Right. What, what are we going to do that for? <laughs> what are you you know? do? More expenses down the line. Um, but yeah, going from like a very prominent black elementary school and then everything else that came after that was I would categorize it as like multicultural. So like my middle school was the first time where like I was going to school with like Armenians and uh, Hispanics and uh, Koreans, all that, like a big mix of people. And I only like stayed the same until high school, basically. So I guess I, as far as like seeing the diversity of the city, that was pretty ingrained in me from a young age too. It's like, I knew that there were different people around me and just the different cultures that made up LA from a young age. And, and so like, you know, coming up in school, I mean, what was, were you like into sports and things like that back then? I mean, what was like, what was your thing? Yeah, I loved dancing. I yeah. loved hip hop. Um, my elementary school had a, like an after school situation where like I started taking ballet for the first time in first grade. We had like Billy Blanks, the Tybo guy come to our <laughs> campus like once a month to do oh Tybo like God, during lunch. Hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> very guy. classic 90s. <laughs> Man, that is like... Tell me that you went that you grew up in the nineties without telling yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, Billy Blank used to come to our school. Like, yeah. that's insane. Like, I, I didn't even think that. I guess I didn't remember that he did that. I mean, I'm in, yeah. I'm in the Midwest, so like I don't think he was coming to, to no. like schools in like Detroit area. Like, hey, like we're going to as Tybo. Yeah. Um, let's just pause the story. <laughs> Honestly, hold up. What was that like? Let's talk about this this Billy Blanks thing. Like, were you kicking butt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had like this is massive, so just a massive class. Imagine on at the schoolyard. So like, we took up like the track area, just lined up in rows. I forget how they played music. Must have had speakers, but he would just like do a typo lesson. <laughs> just go. <laughs> All his kids. Yeah. Like what grade? What grade again? Uh, I'm. I like, what school? Been... Like what, what? Like middle school? High school? This is elementary school. Elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. So really getting kids moving. Yeah. That, I mean, okay. Like, I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's good though. I mean, was is he from? Like, where is he from? Is he from? I have there? no idea. I never like, even thought to like check like why this school. Okay, well, because <laughs> I, I don't just, have because I don't have a, have an assistant um, <laughs> that's like off screen, like looking up things. <laughs> Forgive me, because I'm looking down. Yeah. I'm trying to see. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out right this second. Yeah. Um, hold on. So Billy Blanks, <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, guess where he's born? Well, guess what state? Well, what region? If I had country? to guess, yeah. I feel like he's an East Coast guy. Okay, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. It sounds so, like a smart. Sounds like a small town. <laughs> yeah. So Erie is actually where I ran. Oh, Erie. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's where I ran the uh, the the my marathon in September. Yeah. And it is a small yeah. town. It's like Toledo, Ohio, kind of like if you've ever heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, but that is really cool to come to the to to go to uh, you know inner cities. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's what we call it nowadays, but go to like no. inner city schools um, to to. You know, and and so the majority it was very diverse 
group of kids, but mm -hmm. was it like predominantly, you know, people, people of color, or kids of color? In my elementary school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's it was like, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Hispanic Do you know the view park area? In, no, in I LA? don't. No, I don't. Like when Frank Ocean's like singing about Ladera Heights, it's like that okay. surrounding region. So like the Black Beverly Hills. That's another thing that was a distinction between like, oh, I'm African. Like some of these kids got money. <laughs> oh yeah. To okay. This goal. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, but that yeah, but that's still dope though. I mean, to go to like areas of uh, of color to to get kids at that age, mm -hmm. you know, moving mm -hmm. and even you know, I don't know what that turned into for anybody. I mean, but I mean, obviously, it at an early uh -huh. age it connects you. Your, yeah. Okay, tell me. Yeah, I was gonna say a couple of us. Okay, he gave us a couple of us the opportunity to be like in a kids Tybo video, and I was one of the kids that he was like, "Do you want to be?" I was like, "I'm not even joking." Were you in it? I wasn't because my parents said no. Come on, parents. <laughs> was you, okay, we're just so like mom, mom very suspicious of America and stuff. Like it was fresh, you know. So mom or my dad? Dad. Mom or, dad. dad. <laughs> Yeah. That, was, that was just hating on Billy. That's what it was. You could tell He's now. Like, there's hey, a, bring it there's back. I was thinking like there's an alternative mo motive somewhere Hollywood, you know, all that. Probably stuff. though. Like, I mean, yeah. you might not have been wrong, but then like I'm, mean, I'm just picturing like if you were in that video, like yeah, you know, like you'd be like Child a little, star, like, Nickelodeon, like kids, like they end up being like, you know, definitely yeah. like, started doing weird stuff, you know, and then he grew up and now he's still just like, but you know what yeah. I mean. That yeah. could, I mean, that could have been you. You'd never been on the show. You'd be doing something yeah. you know, different. You would have probably ran the opposite way, like New York to Boston. Who knows? Right. So, but that's, I think that's, really, that's really cool, though, to get kids mm -hmm. moving. I think that because I, I don't know. I mean, that just doesn't happen enough. Um, I mean, even though I don't know if like that would work now, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, having programs and things where kids, uh, especially kids of color, like connect with, um, you know, with their bodies you know, mm -hmm. in a more, in a very physical, like, um, like tangible way to like learn how to get stronger and faster and for like a health, from a health standpoint, you know, yeah. um, because we just don't get that. It's either like you, oh, you're good. At, you're good at a sport. Mm -hmm. um, you play that sport or, Hey, I don't know what to do with you, but just yeah. in general, like at that age, I think it's really good to, to have those programs. So that's really dope. I just never <laughs> thought that asking you anything about that was going to lead to me knowing more about Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, so like after so so when did you start like what sports after that? Like what were like was was it what sport was your thing and then yeah. did you run a little bit at all? Not until I would say high school. Like because of the Taibo thing, I've always associated like it was it's very rhythmic. So dance like came very mm -hmm. easy to me. So middle school I was doing like after school dance classes and trying to like join the dance team and things like that. Um, sports wise, I don't really think I got in until high school. Um, and that started with like volleyball, actually, mm -hmm. um, do, still doing dance, trying to do volleyball, eventually did track, I want to say 11th grade or so, whatever grade it is where like you, you have the option to like not do PE. Okay. Um, so a bunch of my friends were like, we're going to, you know, try out for track and go for track. And I was like, well, I don't want to be alone in PE. So I'm going to do track too. Yeah. Yeah. Not even not knowing the amount of running that would be involved because the catch is my high school was one building, five floors, no, no park. Oh, we had a park next door, but no track facilities. Mm. So our warm up was was running to our next closest high school. No practicing there. I'm not even, <laughs> and then running back to our own campus. I'm not even joking. Man. 
So that was what this is writing was to me. And I was like, if people do this, like, like I'm in track to do the sprints and the hurdles and that's it. Like y'all got me running. Honestly, though, this would actually be great plug to Strava because you could have (laughs) You could have done that. the the mile the the warm up and the cool down would have been you'd have had his commute commute mile. Mm, you, know? mm-hmm. you could have got fancy. Had I know. They'd be like, wow, had this, I girl, this girl racked up a bunch of commute miles. It's crazy. <laughs> How are you doing this? She's in high school. Was she running to school? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm running to run. Yeah. Running to practice. So like, but so so dance dance obviously like had a big part of kind of like your life for quite a while. Like what how, what mm-hmm. was that journey like for you? As for dance? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of, I took that into undergrad, actually. Um, still very much interested in, like, doing teen choreography and shows and competitions. So I did a little bit of that, too, even in college with, like, mm-hmm. some street teams and things like that. So I don't know. This is something about dance that's, like, always a little bit different from running for me. It's mm-hmm. like, we, we, we see running, running as a stress reliever, which it can be. But I've noticed there's certain parts of my and certain times in life where I was like, oh, running it really isn't doing it for me. Let me just try like a freestyle in the living room to get whatever I'm, I don't have the words for yet. And that always works, you know. Yeah. So like what um, and I mean, I know you said you connected to it pretty early, but mm-hmm. like how has that journey been different Um I mean, cause I, I mean, I've never been into that. So like, I mean, but I could see how that could be. I mean, cause it is also very physical, but it seems to be pretty emotional and spiritual as well. You know, if mm-hmm. it's done for the right reason, I guess, mm-hmm. but like what, what in that journey do you think that like, um, that you took away from that, that you use to today, like in life, like what, what did you learn from, from dancing that like makes it stick for you? Mm. Um, I think it kind of reemphasizes the importance of movement. But I think the thing with dance is like, it doesn't have to be as coordinated as running needs to be mm-hmm. at times. Like I started out with hip hop, but then I eventually started taking like some modern and contemporary classes as well. And that yeah. is very just like freestyle flow. And you're like opening your body, you're jumping, you're leaping. So that to me, that just like helps expand the body and, uh, taps into like different emotions whereas running it's very structured or can be very structured Mm. at times you don't have you know the same amount of wiggle room to just be jumping to like foil your arms because it's going to mess with your posture it's going to mess with like the process and things like that so dance is the same but the opposite in the sense that like you can whatever structure that's like closed up when you're running that can Mm -hmm. be let go during a dance right yeah no i didn't i didn't think about that i mean because like running is very i mean it's very repetitive i mean it's Mm -hmm. like legit you use the same muscles over and over um yeah. and it's proven when you go like to do some strength training you think that you got strong legs until you do like a movement that you haven't done in a while yeah. and then you're sore for six weeks uh, <laughs> even, though you run, even though you run six days a week um mm-hmm. but i think that's really interesting though like um and you run trails right yeah mm-hmm. i run so, trails and i run roads yeah so i think that like when i heard you talking about like how running can be so repetitive and it's, you know, it's very structured and controlled. Um, mm-hmm. And what you like about dancing is is reflected per, a lot in, in trail running mm-hmm. um, because yeah. there is so many different, every step is different, you know, like yeah. obviously every step on the road is fairly different as well, but like you're out there on a trail, like there's no, there's no point where you can, you just have to be like right there in the moment. Um, yeah and stepping over roots or jumping over this or missing a rock and all that. So do you mm-hmm. feel like 
uh, that trail running does uh, kind of gets closer to that, that, that mindset or that feeling. That yeah. The, yeah. Kind yeah. of like having to be uh, more tapped in mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one big difference between road running and trail running for me is like, I actually don't bring headphones out on the trails. Yeah. Um, cause you do have to be more alert. It's a safety thing. And it's also just like, I want to be able to kind of look up and see the, you know, the trees, the clouds, the environment and things like that. But like you were saying, yeah, being a little bit more agile, having to be looking a few feet ahead. Um, cause you don't quite, you can see, but you don't really know it's there until you're there. And it's like yeah. so many yeah. hidden rocks and roots and things like that. So yeah, yeah. never and the same run. <laughs> never the same run. Um, so, so how, so when did, when did like, I mean, I know that you did, you did the track and the track and field or, um, you know, ran to, ran to run and then came back, mm-hmm. but like, when did, um, when did running come into your life to the point where it was like, Hey, this is, um, I run fairly often, or I'm starting to run m- multiple times a week by choice, mm-hmm. as opposed to being on the team. Like, when was that, uh, when did that come in to play? Yeah. I started using, uh, running as part of my recovery from my initial diagnosis of lupus. So getting lupus in undergrad, um, doing chemotherapy and just being like pretty much out of any sort of physical activity for um, a couple of years until I got the clearance to to really work out again. Um, so training for that first marathon was kind of me saying like, okay, if I, if I can do this and cross the finish line, you know, we're on the right track sort of thing. So by that time I, I had moved back to LA. So I learned about like Nike run club and all that stuff. Um, started showing up at the different like community runs out of the stores and it sucked a lot and as running does in the beginning, but um, having at least someone there to pick the route and to like, you know, say pick the time place, all that stuff was so helpful in the beginning. And going from like the small community runs, learning about the bigger groups that existed in the LA running community at the time, and also learning that they do training programs for these marathons was like the catalyst for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so like when, when I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I, I wasn't aware of, um, you know, the, the lupus and undergrad. Um, so like what, um, I've, I'm always, you know, very into like hearing about people's story of like overcoming, uh, you know, any challenge, you know, for, mm-hmm. for that matter. But something like that is is scary and 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 just everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what was that like in um, still working through like life? It wasn't like you could just put everything on pause. I mean, you still kept yeah. going, kept moving. Yeah. Um, what was that moment like for that time time like for you? And how do you feel like you just you came out of it and still like hit the ground running, so to speak? Yeah. It's funny you say that because now when I look back at the time, I, I wish I had the language to say, this is a good time for a break. Like, this is clearly what my body is saying. Um, but I was very like, you know, type A, nose to the grindstone type person. And even though I could recognize that this was an opportunity to make a life shift, that shift had to come slowly over time. So it's not like I was diagnosed, got in the hospital and I was like, and I actually, I didn't really start to ask myself if what I, the path that I was on was the right path for me. I still was just like, I'm going to, I started this, I got to graduate, I got to finish this major, as opposed to just being like, let's do with Mire, what's best for Mire at this point. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the other thing is like getting it so young too, and being in college, it's like, you, right. you kind of have, you know, the, the vision and goals you want for your life. And then you start questioning, like, is it possible? Like, what does the recovery look like? Do I have to like change? I was going to be, I wanted to be a physical therapist. Uh, I was an exercise science major. 
but uh, I had blood clots, so my hands were like severely affected at the time, and I could barely use my own hands. So I was like, well, that's kind of takes physical therapy like out of the equation. Um, but I think it was a positive and a negative that that I was so uh, self driven to the point mm. where just like I am going to go back to school and finish and graduate, and then we can fig- figure out the rest after that. I'd say the only thing I would change is like giving myself a little bit more more rest time and to tap into like what was going on mentally as opposed to trying to like get to the next solution so quickly. I mean, was, was there a point in that, that, I mean, I, I know you said you, you know, the, you had the hands, the hand issue. I mean, mm-hmm. but was there like a point in that where you were just like, um, that you didn't think that you would be like your life, like you'd be able to move around like you do now at all. Like was like running just, far from like, oh, I probably won't be able to do that. Had you like written everything off at one point or was it just like school? I had those thoughts in mind because uh, I had a lot of joint pain at first too. It started out as like major joint pain, which and it kind of continued over the next few years. But like the fact that I had to sit down and while I was walking for like 20 minutes was like mm. yeah, kind of yeah. weird. Um, when I went back to school, um, just sitting in certain lecture classes for a certain amount of time to like make my feet and my legs swell up. And I knew that was kind of my body still trying to like regulate what was going on. But yeah, I was like, this is not normal. It's kind of hard to run when your legs are like twice the size as they normally get and you're on all these medications and stuff like that. So there was a point where it's like, I didn't know if it would be running that be returning back to, but I think I, I at least wanted to be able to, to move mm-hmm. even if it wasn't running, yeah. So like, what was the, what, when you, when you, you went through chemo and, and they you know, gave you like the clear diagnosis, um, what were you, uh, what was that, the comeback process like for you? Like, did you, like, did you have to ease in, ease into it or did mm-hmm. like, well, what did that comeback look like? Cause I mean, there's, I mean, obviously there's, you know, run injuries that, that happen that we all kind of have to figure out how to get back into it. Like with COVID lately, a lot of people, um, yeah you know, some, some people's cases are just different than others. And some people have a very, very hard time coming back to running because of the way that it did damage on their lungs. But what was your like comeback process like for you when it come to running and physical activity? Yeah. I think being an exercise science major was pretty helpful in this instance, because I knew that like things had to start from within and it usually starts with like nutrition and the basic recovery thing. So not even looking at the, the physical activity at first, mm-hmm. it's like, um, I remember when I moved out of the dorms into like my first apartment it was my first chance to start cooking for myself. So that's a habit that I, I kept, you know, trying to get better at it was just like eating what I made at home, reducing any like processed eating takeout types of food mm-hmm. was my first go to because that was also like, you know, I had a, a blood thinners at the time. So my blood was also being monitored for like clots and things like that. And yeah. so I knew that like too much salt, too much, of it, you know, the things we're told not to do would just spike everything up. So being very conscious of the nutrition um, and the rest, like I was naturally tired from the process. Like it didn't take a lot for me to like fall asleep in the middle of the day, but also like leaning into that and saying like, this is actually a good thing. This is the body recovering. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started out with uh, some workout classes in our school gym. Mm. So when I started to feel better, I was like, okay, let me go see if I can do know like hit a hit class or like a low level something or other i thought you um, I, thought, I, I just knew you were gonna be like yeah so i started going back to the gym hit some classes you know like time real quick where's billy blanks now dug deep in the archives for like some from from uh some punch routine you know 
<laughs> so like yeah. so we got back in the gym. Sorry, I had to like <laughs> I, I can't miss an opportunity to throw in Billy whenever I can. Um, so so yeah, so you got back into the gym um, and started doing like whatever you could, and and mm-hmm. I think that's. I mean, obviously you had you kind of knew a little bit more because that's what your your major was in, but um, it's really smart to like a lot of a lot of times we just jump into something where we we remember what we could do um, mm-hmm. and it's hard to to give ourselves the right amount of time and patience to to get back properly. Um, mm-hmm. how did how did you handle that? and like what would you tell others who are dealing with anything that would require like this major comeback um, to to help them out in their process? Yeah. It's funny that we say that like comparison is the thief of joy. And we usually say that when we're comparing ourselves to other people, but like you said, it's very easy to compare ourselves to our past selves too. And like, just totally miss all the changes that have come up from like five years ago to now. And like realizing that you are not the same person you were three or five years ago, like your circumstances, there may be some similarities, but if you look deep enough, there are some pretty like finite differences that just won't allow you to be at that past performance level, but you can mm-hmm. be at a new one and maybe that one can be better and maybe it'll just take more time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also recognizing that like, just like seasons, we change, we have to adapt to whatever season we're in at the time in accordance to all the new changes that have come in. So whether that's like health stuff, work stuff, all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad I asked that question because like, I think <laughs> you really just helped me. I mean, cause I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say that like my running is like suffering in any way, but um, just to be a you know, full disclosure, like I was like, I ran, um, I ran a 248 in uh, 2021, or April. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I obviously like, I know that I probably can, I mean, I can do that again and I have faith and like, I feel like, I mean, I believe I can, but then at times it's like, how, where was I like mentally then, mm-hmm. you know, like what was, where was my, like how, how like fit was I? Because you know, I don't like it just it's a crazy concept. And and I'm comparing like, what was my training block like then? Or like, how mm-hmm. what was I doing? And then you get really caught up in this, like, in order to be better than this past yeah. version of yourself, then you have to be just like it almost or, mm-hmm. you know, or use that to get better. And that may not be the case with where you are. Like, I love that. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not just about one upping the last thing you may be you may have to go, you may have to go a completely different route yeah. to get to that, to get to the same spot and then better, you know? Yeah. Because maybe mm-hmm. if you keep doing that thing that got you that, that PR or whatever, two years ago or a year ago, mm-hmm. do that over and over and over again, maybe you end up at the same spot. Yeah. You know, or maybe end up breaking to... because it doesn't work for you anymore. <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. it. I'm so glad that you said it like that. It is. Yeah. We do compare ourselves to others. Um, but I think a lot, I think more than often, we probably compare ourselves to our past selves. Um, and then even our future thing that we cast out there that we think that we want to be in yeah. to our detriment yeah. on both ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, that was, that was deep me. That, that <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like I can't really like trust a runner if they haven't had those moments, you know, of just like questioning what their career is like or what their training is like. Do they even want to do this? Like I much, I feel like I've could more connect with those types of runners now that have to take that pause and be like, wait a minute, what am yeah, I doing? I, do I want to keep going as opposed to just successful season after season? Like that's kind of whatever, but that's boring. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, so I think that there's like something to like, I, I agree with you. I mean, cause I think that that's why um, I try to share as much as I can about like my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people read it or hear it and they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, but yeah. 
I just think so many people feel and think about the same things that you're talking about, like professionals. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Elliot Kipchoge. I mean, whatever you want to say, like, I don't, I, I, there's no way in my mind that, that he doesn't have moments where it's like, like, okay, how did I, how did I run? How did I run two or three? You know, what yeah. do, you know, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that like the, the answer that you're saying, I'm sure that, cause he seems like a very mindful individual is probably just like, just being like here right now, like just mm -hmm. come all the way to here. So you can just, so you can proceed forward without like having to reach too far back and figure out what you did wrong and all this other stuff. But yeah, and all that to say, like I just, I share just hopefully so people know that we all have like random doubts about stuff, even if we're doing it, you know, and yeah. it seems mm -hmm. like, oh, you crushed it. That doesn't mean that I didn't, that I just, there was no doubts involved in it, you know, like yeah. there's going to be, there's moments of doubts all the way through this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so at what point, big jump, at what point <laughs> did you um, get, no, not even a big jump. So when did you get like serious in running? Like, I know you said you were like in the, in the, in the groups in LA mm -hmm. um, and you know, you're, it was just helped that they structured the runs and all that. Mm -hmm. So note to self, if whoever, if you're listening and you having trouble getting out and all that and find a group, it's really cool yeah. because they, they, the, the groups, the map, the route is mapped out. You just run with yeah. other people. Talk, just, have show. <laughs> just show up, try to be yeah. on time. Lace yeah. up your shoes, do some stretches, and then just go have fun. Um, but when did you like start saying like? When did you say like, I, I want to be more of a serious runner, and I want to mm -hmm. be more consistent and all that? And where yeah. did you go from there? Um, pretty much during that first marathon training cycle. So my first marathon was uh, Los Angeles in 2017, mm -hmm. and I had signed up for the second marathon like halfway through that training, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold up. So I hadn't even done. And Who <laughs> does that? Who does so, that? Because I loved the training. I loved training. You weren't even it done didn't. training. I know, but it was so funny. I love training. Did you? <laughs> Everybody loves training like halfway through the training block, me day. You know, I was like, like, hey. Oh, this is great. <laughs> so you signed up for the second one. Did did the, did that training block get that current one? Did that? Did you get towards the end of that? Like, oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. I mean, I got excited because it was like, this is my first marathon and mm -hmm. I have a goal time, which I kind of don't think first marathon should do anymore. But yeah. it helped me like go out there gunning. Yeah, lots of lessons on the first one. Um, experienced cramps. And I was so confused as to what was happening that like I went to the med tech for like 20 minutes. It's like, am I OK? But I, it was something about the, the the discipline of the training cycle and the opportunity to um, explore running seriously, as far as just like the nutrition, the gear, the the being on the 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 workouts, even like what's a fire, like what's a tempo, all that stuff, like things we may have covered like back in school, but now I'm like putting it into practice, you know, mm -hmm. and seeing how everything kind of builds on built on the previous workout yeah it is it is it is a really crazy experience um a train a marathon training block if done properly or even close to it somewhere is just a it's it's a mind i don't i mean this this is a pg show i guess i don't know <laughs> it is it is mind-blowing like how the yeah. stuff that happens because like one minute you know one minute you're just like this i'm fine you know i'm mm -hmm. great and then like next week it's like yo what i just got hit by a truck 
yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could do this next workout today. And yeah. then you crush the workout and you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Then, the, then the easy run three days later is terrible. Yeah. And you and then race day somehow. You're ready. It all comes together. <laughs> somehow it's like, yeah, I don't know what just happened, but we're yeah. really good. Yeah. So so LA was the first marathon. You mm-hmm. you cramped up and stuff. Didn't die though. Didn't die. Didn't didn't die. Cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Finish line. Then, that first is amazing. What was the feeling? What were the feelings when you crossed the first? Invincible. Like I was like, I could do anything at this point. Like I just went through the run through the city. (laughs) Except for continue to run. Except for at that very moment, every other goal is every other goal is possible. And then the and then like the next couple days stairs. You know, it's like whatever. Uh, Yeah. 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 One step. Yeah. Um. And then so, but but then you had another race like immediately like. You know. In in that fall, yeah. So that was so, March, and then Marathon oh, Two was in October. That's not mm-hmm. bad, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you could have you could have pulled the plug if you wanted to, you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, so so then so what was the difference between the two the two training blocks? Because the reason why you signed up for the next one is apparent supposedly because you like the training. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what was this? What was this second training block like compared to the first one? I think. Uh, one being off my time because I spent so much time in the tent during the first one. I was like, it's another opportunity to, to go for the goal time that I had. Um, And then I went from uh, like running with, with Blacklist LA, which is like my, my main training group to being coached by Eric, who was like the founder of Blacklist LA too. So going from just like being like an individual showing up for their group runs and following that plan to being like having communication with the coach, like, weekly or monthly whatever and a, and a plan like set for me based on um right. those goals was was the switch up well, that's dope that's dope yeah. i mean because yeah i think like stuff like that can adding and changing into the to the mix can really help out um and because like just doing training blocks by yourself i mean i mean i guess that people do it all the time I yeah, just know yeah, that yeah, I would yeah. be I'd, I I would be running like four or five days instead of six because I'd be like you know what I don't have to do today <laughs> yeah you know well you know whatever um, and then so the second marathon went well mm-hmm. good times no med tent no med tent no because you knew that you know did you get cramps again or did you solve that issue I'm pretty I mean I get cramps on race day at least once like yeah yeah, yeah. no matter what i i personally have not found that solution i know that i can work through it now and like it doesn't need to be something that stops me but yeah no cramps during training cycle as always but race day no no this isn't a plug at all um because i'm not i don't have i'm not like uh, they've sent me free stuff before but it wasn't like Mm -hmm. i'm not like affiliated like that but have you ever tried like salt sticks i've tried it I don't you know if I'm not taking more, enough yeah. or no. <laughs> what did you do? What did you what did you take when you tried it? Like was how it many like or one? like it was like one uh, or two? No, 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 no. Because I think you're supposed to be taking. Like more. you took a bunch of it. You took a, <laughs> you not like a bunch. <laughs> you're like more. Not like downing the bottle, but like <laughs> at least more than two. In the beginning, or like did you take it throughout the process? Or? Uh, never in the beginning. Like okay, probably because I know my trouble spot starts in like. 15, 16. So I'm just like, I'm so going to prep for mile 18 now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you, so yeah. you like 15, you took it for hopefully for 18. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, like, I was going to like, you did it probably better than I did. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done, I've like taken like two or three before the race. 
Ah. Like right, like right before. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I had issues like with like hamstring type, you know, like not full cramps, but one like a feeling that you that I w- it would stop me from like running the same way that I was running mm-hmm. before, um, mm-hmm. just to try to avoid a cramp. Um, but this it's actually worked too. I mean, I don't know. We gotta figure this out. You can't be yeah. cramping up. On, can't be cramping yeah. up. On. Yeah. Yeah. Mine are usually my calves. So. So you know what drives me crazy? I think it's talking about cramps. You know how like in some of these races, like they like they'll try to hand you a banana like at mile like twenty or twenty two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get it. You know, like I'm not. I can't do that right then. You know. Oh yeah. Do you, do you, you do, solid in or. Or just even think to like by the time I see the banana stand, yeah, um, it's never like at mile like reasonable. It's yeah. always like twenty twenty two, where you can't risk stopping. You yeah, gotta I don't, yeah. I can't even think. All I can think of is like what, like yeah. And then I see that they're all cut in half perfectly. Like I noticed that much. Like wow, that's mm-hmm. per- perfectly cut. You know. Yeah. But I can't imagine grabbing. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just don't know. Do you ever do you do it? I don't. I think there's a point where I'm just like, whatever I got on me is what I got on me. (laughs) I'm going to have to, at that point, I'm having to try to like force and talk myself into taking my gel that I planned on taking, Mm, you know, let alone like a banana. Yeah. For like the cramp at what, miles 26.1? Yeah. I'm already dead then. (laughs) It's not going to kick in right away. Yeah. Um, I got to look into the science of that because it's always at 2022 or 20 or 22. So. Maybe, maybe, maybe I need to think about this more often. Yeah, and find a solution. You let me know. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to figure this out. Um, and so, like, as you, so, you progressed, and everything's going great and fun. You're learning. You're running more. When did it go from marathon training block to ultra marathon training block? Um, after marathon number four. Okay. Which I think was San Francisco. In How many have you done total? How many have you done total? Ten. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm working my way. I'm, I'm gonna try to catch you one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think because it's like okay, I've, I've done four. I've got mm-hmm. good training blocks. I know what it feels like to do the twenty six point two. It's like what's like what happens a little bit beyond that, and then what happens on the trails? I I don't know if I mentioned it the last time we spoke about like the representation being a big part of it. It's like mm-hmm. I knew trail runners here in LA, and they were like people of color, but it wasn't who I was seeing in trail running magazine, and I was like. Mm-hmm a big issue for me is like, there's so much we can do here with all that, but we're not being um, seen on that platform. And it's not like the people that were trail running here were trying to like do that, which I you know, commend them for. Right. They, they did it because they love to trail run. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I respect yeah. that. Um, I think I'm always in the mindset of just like, this is wrong. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. gotta do something yeah. about this. Um, but I wanted, I also wanted that the personal challenge of doing a 50 K. So I, ask the same friends for like advice like what is the gear what is like the tra- what is a relative training plan yeah. um where are the trails really because like i knew griffith we got griffith and then mm-hmm. they're the ones that kind of took me out to like topanga state park and the the santa monica's and um all that stuff just to explore just the different terrains that we have so close by yeah um yeah and i in my first 50k plan i got it off of like a runner's world you know 16 week training block and i just went with it that's awesome it was very trial and error (laughs) so how was it did you um i've done a trail race um Mm -hmm. a 25k which Mm -hmm. is you know 15 and a half so i mean but that was early in my process like i think when i ran this 15.5 miles that was 
at that point, that was the longest I had ever run. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. crazy to think, to like, oh, let's just do a 25K. But how was the yeah. 50K? Like, what, in, when you crossed the line, that was the farthest you had run? And, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, what yeah. was that whole, what was that vibe like? Um, even in the training process was so different. Like, being introduced to those back-to-back long runs was new. So, like, Saturday you could do a 15, and the next day you have to do eight still on the trails. And they kind of just, like, you know, playing with those numbers as you go. So you could peak at like the 20 on Saturday, but Sunday, you know, you have to do at least four or something mm-hmm. like that. So the mentality of just being on your feet for hours to, to practice that fatigue mm-hmm. um, of the later stages of the 50K was, was yeah, brand new for me. And then getting used to the soreness of the climbing and the descent, learning how to descend. So I'm not like completely trashing my quads by speeding yes. up so fast. Um I, I like learned that like the the jails and stuff that are working for me that I like taking while I was road running didn't sit well with me on the trail. So it's all mm-hmm. about like finding those other nutritional aspects of like being introduced to like a tailwind or like liquid nutrition, all that stuff that's like easier to carry, easier to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so by the time I, I got to that 50K, um, yeah, so it was the furthest I had been. I had I did have to switch up a race because we had fires that year. So my original race was canceled due to fires and um, happened to find one in the same weekend drove out to the desert to do it. And I think that was actually a better start to like your first 50K as opposed to just throwing yourself into the mountains Um, because it had elevation and stuff, but like terrain was different. So I I guess for like a newbie, I I would probably recommend that route. It's like do something like pick something that's doable because the distance is going to be the same, but you're still trying to challenge yourself to see if you can do it. So first trail race, so first trail race, don't go do like Western States or like UTMB I, or something. I mean, like that. You do you, <laughs> but <laughs> build up to it maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear. If you're lucky to have UTMB as your first. That's wild. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think that it would be a really cool thing to have UTMB as yeah. your first, but it also would be very. Um, it would probably be, it'd be ill advised. Yeah, try something. Yeah. Like, even if you know that's, it's down the road. <laughs> You know yeah. it's coming, like that's on the on the docket. Like, go do a different, shorter one so you know, like, yeah, vibe, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would be pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, maybe not dumb. It just, you know, <laughs> it was um, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure someone's first trail race has been that. You know, um, yeah, mm-hmm. a bunch of people whose first race ever was a marathon, which just seems right. crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where life takes us with this trail, this trail road, uh, trail racing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and so what, what did you look, I love to, to kind of, I know, like for me, I'll just start, like, what did you learn? So like, I, for me, the first, the first marathon, um, that I ran, I learned that I learned that I'm more, um, uh, disciplined than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that I had been disciplined in the training, yeah. but so many people can be disciplined in the training when you have like a coach saying like, okay, do this. And then you go do that. And then if you'd mess mm-hmm. it up, they kind of say, Hey, remember do this, you know, but when you go out on race day, when you have a goal in mind and you, all these people around you, it's you're in the environment. It's really easy to just slip into something else and do whatever. So yeah. going out there and like sticking to the, to the plan um, showed me that I was just more disciplined than I thought I was. Um, but like, Going from having running, you know, doing four four marathon training blocks, running four marathons, and then now you're in a 50k training block, and now you're on the course in the 50k. Um, 
after crossing that finish line and looking back at that, like, what did you learn about yourself mm-hmm. during that race? Not even the yeah. training, but just that race. What did you learn about yourself? Because that's a, a, a great distance. Yeah. I learned, I guess it reemphasized some characteristics that maybe I didn't have words for at the time. I remember, uh, I think that, I think doing the first 50K was kind of like a chance to dispel some of the things that running culture is known for, like taking breaks walking resting a little bit mm-hmm. if you need to like that's a, it, I just learned that it's a little bit different in the trail world in that in that mm-hmm. instance of just like I'm not trying to podium and gun through this entire distance but it's like also I think you may be checking with yourself a little bit more because you're playing with so many other elements too yeah. it's like you've got the heat you've got the pack um nutrition needs to be a little bit more dialed in so it's just like mm-hmm. all right like how am I how is this working for me? Uh, have I been walking too long? Do I need to walk more? Am I good to run kind of thing? So yeah. having the chance to like check in with those different things or as opposed to like road running where I think it's just like you kind of can get into that space where you're going and going and going and not really checking in to see like if everything's okay. Yeah. And I think I think the environment too, like like you kind of mentioned, like the envi- like the expectation or I guess too of, of, of road running um obviously there's so many people that that you know run walk and that's and no one i don't think anybody looks down on them at all but mm-hmm. you still have like this until you know better you still have this vibe in, in road running where it's like it's it's failure if you mm-hmm. have to have to walk or whatever in between um and yeah. and i think that that ste- steers a lot of people away from you know maybe going after a bigger race because they feel like they'll be looked at differently if they have to Take a, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. take a couple of breaks. Yeah. Take a couple breaks. And then, you know, God forbid, like, you know, somebody sees your Strava and a couple of your splits were, were off, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, right here, I had, and you got to talk about it. Well, right here, yeah. I had a little, you know, rough patch, yeah. you know. But like yeah. in trail racing, there's no one, it is what it no is. One, no one's looking at I mean, that. Yeah, you finished. All, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like Jim Wamsley or something like that. And like your splits <laughs> are crazy. Like, wow, this is incredible. But no mm-hmm. one's looking to see if you did a 10 or 12 or 13 minute anything. It is what mm-hmm. it is. You finished a 50K. That's all we yeah. care about, you know? Yeah. yeah. Definitely- I think after so many like structured blocks of training where the goal was always like to PR from the last one, it also felt good just to like be doing something to do it like as a, yeah. as a personal challenge and not really have like a time attached to it. Yeah, the goal is to finish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may have like a kind of like a kind of a goal in your mind, like oh, I'd yeah. like to. But like the goal mainly is like this is a crazy distance for me and it's the longest thing I've, you know, I've ever done. Um, let me just get across that finish line and I'll be this will all be worth it. You know, I think mm-hmm. that that's super dope. Yeah. Um, so we so we know from the first training block that you did and you signed up for another race in the middle of that training block. We know that there's something not quite right in in Mide's head. You know, so <laughs> so so. <laughs> So when when Knox when Knox Robinson reached out to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> said yeah. he has this, he has this opportunity to, for to run from Boston, the city in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. to New York yeah. City, in New York was also yeah. a city in a state mm-hmm. far away from each other. Yeah, um, he 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 knew that he called he was calling and talking to the right person. <laughs> you know, there's something missing up there. So. <laughs> You, so you get 
So you get the call. It is for it's with the uh, Falco uh, Falco Sports, and they they make incredible socks, might I add. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have some on right now, and uh, I got I just gotta say they're really good. Yeah. Um, but you know you so so he reaches out to you. he knows that you know he knows that you're that you that you run long distances. He knows that you're disciplined and you do all you know you do all the stuff that you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. What was like the first thoughts when when somebody says like, "Hey, we got this cool opportunity to run this far, over mm-hmm. this many days"? What was the thought? Was there just an immediate go, or you know, I, I want to know. Yeah. Something I've noticed is that like I can be excited about something and I it will be an immediate go, and then the next second I'm like back to whatever's going on in regular life. It's like I mm-hmm. clocked it, but depending on where it falls on the calendar, it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. It's not something I have to worry about right now, sort of thing. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. so that's what I remember. That's me. Huh? That's me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You... <laughs> Write it down. All right, cool. Back to. Right. Okay, oh, cool. yeah, I'll do it. Bye. Yeah, yeah. So you said uh, yes, that... right quick. I mean, yeah, I said yes, and like without even knowing how I was gonna do it, like what training for that even looks like, no details really. Just no like, details. Had to start. Had to start and a finish. Um, I don't think the dates were even like finalized quite yet. It was like in October somewhere. Uh, but I mean, I was also like um, in Berlin training and I was going to say, it's been a very interesting year of running. Cause I was like, I, I definitely had a bit of, of doubt as to like how I would do this if I could yeah. complete it. Cause I was like coming off from like a lupus flare. So part of my Berlin training cycle was just like working on getting back to a good health status. And I'm like, and then I'm going to do the marathon and then I'm going to turn around and do this. So, so it turned into one of those things. It's just like, I want to prove it to myself. It's never been done. And I want to like show other people that it can be done too. Yeah. Yeah. What's So what's, a, I mean, I'm forgive me for my, my ignorance or ignorance on, around the uh, topic, but what's a uh, lupus flare like? And how does that affect like your day to day and especially running? Um, oh, it can, since it's an autoimmune disorder, uh, it'll show up as different things in different people. Uh, mine nowadays tends to be kidney related things, which can turn into like circulatory things. So I had noticed that like, I could go out for a regular morning run, but it'd be much slower and I'd be like in pain the first half mile and had the same swelling in my leg. So it's about managing, um, internal functions at that point. I'm glad I no longer really have major joint issues um things like that but uh stress is a big factor extra fatigue can come into play so be also being mindful of just like how much i am doing and like being honest with yourself to be honest about like when you need rest um are you eating well all all the basic things that they tell you to to repair health but uh, like magnified because you do have this disorder that doesn't have a cure or you need medication to uh, monitor it from time to time right yeah um yeah yeah that's that's i mean that's that sucks to have to go through but i just love to hear that like that's never stopped you and you just you know um Mm -hmm. and that's probably comes to like kind of answers why even to this point you're more like you know sure i'll do that down the road but i'm I'm gonna handle this right now you know because Mm -hmm. you know something like that and um you know trauma in life and uh dealing with something like that it definitely brings you into the now more so than other people that you know that don't have certain things that have made them kind of think about more now and, mm-hmm. and be in the moment more. So you, I, I could see why it's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But that's like 10, 10, you know, 10 months from now or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there, but I'll definitely do that. Yeah. Um, 
And because I think that's um, I haven't had had to deal with that, but I feel like certain things in my life had brought me more to like this moment where I'm like, yeah, um, yeah that sounds great, but that's like yeah. three that's like three months from now. So yeah, um, let me do these few things that I'm doing like at this moment and move on. And I think that that's a really freeing way to do things. Um, mm-hmm. It can be a little hectic sometimes mm-hmm. um, for me at least, but yeah. I think it's um, I think so many people really get caught up in in being in too many different places at once, like in the future, in the past, in the present, all trying to figure out how to balance those things. And I think you seem like you've done a really great job at figuring that out yourself. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. So, <laughs> so then, so you say yes to the, uh, to the, the, the Falcon Boston to New York, right? Yeah. Um, let's jump into that because I think that that's, and it's an amazing thing. Tell, tell let us, let me know how many miles it is, how many days, uh, what that process was like. Uh, it looked, epic on the on the like the trailers that i've seen so far mm-hmm. like the kind of sneak peeks and i know like the 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 documentary is going to be coming out sometime later this next year. march mm-hmm. march march yeah um so let me know like what was that like getting getting going and because i think it's, it's just an incredible story yeah yeah so it was a boston to new york expedition uh kind of the first time it's been done in the u.s uh, with a team of six girls which i think is a very important uh aspect of the whole thing. We had three girls from the US and three girls from Europe, UK. Um, pretty much all of us meeting together that, that first night when we stayed in a hostel yeah, in, in Boston. Right. Um, so we were, you know, different skill levels and all that too, which I think was another important factor. So it wasn't just like uh, a team of professional writers who you kind of know can do something like this, you know, yeah. so it's, there's not a lot of, it's just about watching them finish it as opposed to like see whatever they go through in the process. That's kind of, that's something that I liked is like, no one, we were at different skill levels, um, different points of regard in our own running careers and just, yeah. but the challenge was the same for everybody. Mm. Um, so there was the six of us girls, um, we had a great crew with us too, that, you know, drove the RVs. We did our hotel check-ins, uh, made sure we had food and water at like our, at our rest stops or our different checkpoints. Um, the the crew that even ran a lot of miles with us too, so they could capture the stuff for the documentary too. It's, it just seemed like such a um, a big team effort. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so and so for and Falca is a uh, German company, and um, for and I kind of had heard about it because I'm I'm an ambassador for for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I mean when I heard that they were going to do it here, I mean I know they've done they've done it before um, mm-hmm. overseas. But I just thought it was really cool that they were bringing it to um, to to America and to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because there's so many brands that try to act, try to activate or, or try to um, try to come into a market, uh, yeah. but just by like branding and you know and buy our stuff. But I thought it was really cool and unique that they knew to to do something like a like two like Boston to New York of all of yeah. the two places that you could have done. Um, yeah. And major then running cities. Ma- yeah, major running cities. But then to have six women do it at like in 2022, mm-hmm. um, it, it, they like they checked off like all the correct <laughs> boxes. Like it yeah. was like, who is your like publicist? Like somebody <laughs> it needs to get paid because yeah. um, they just did a really great job at like bringing this together and making it a story that n- not even making it a story, like putting people together that have stories and in documenting the journey well and yeah. put putting you know good money behind 
making making this a good experience for you all as runners. Mm-hmm. Um, so just what was the support like? I know you said there was you know, f- you know folks running with you, but what was like the company support like? Because I'd assume that uh, a lack in company support could make this a really a much tougher task than it could or should or could or should have been. Yeah. Um, I'd say it was great. That that reminded me of a scenario that I had during the journey was, um, so Chavi was like the coordinator for, for everything. And I want to say this was day four or five for me, somewhere along there where like I had started developing a cold. Um, and it started with like, like coughing at night, things like that. I had trouble just like breathing when I ran. Um, honestly, maybe at the end of day four, I got to the checkpoint. My teammate like kept going and I, just pulled over to the side of the road and were like coughing my lungs out. Um, and so that evening we had checked, we were in a hotel that night and Chavi texted me to like to, to come and talk to him. And I was like, all right, what's this about sort of things. But he was very open and honest about like, look, you don't look great. The crew and I just had a talk and we think it's really best for you to sit out tomorrow. And I had the moment of just like my ego going off. So it was like, I don't want to be the one, the, the one, the one girl that's like not running tomorrow. But, and I, it was hard for me to see his reasoning in that time. But I also saw it as him looking out for our best safety. Mm-hmm. Like as a runner, like he he was adamant about like, yeah, do do this to the best of your ability. Like if if one girl's doing like the full 50, 60 K, that doesn't mean you have to. You can do, you can split the distance and do from checkpoint to checkpoint. Um, so I remember waking up very grumpy the next morning because I knew I wouldn't be running and I'd just be yeah. like stuck in the RV the whole day. Uh, but it made a world of difference because I came back so much stronger. Like my goal yeah. complete, like wasn't completely gone, but it, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I, I think probably that next day I went up to him and again, again, I was like, you were absolutely right. Thank you for making me like sit down and, yeah. you know, do the whole ego thing. But if I hadn't listened to you, who knows what state I would be in, like running for the next seven days, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, th- I think, yeah. Cause they could have, he could have said, you know, um, it's, it's at the, project's best interest if you take some air flu or something and keep running you know Mm -hmm. um and you know because this you know a corporation typically would be like we need this to look perfect Mm -hmm. and and but the fact that they were okay with it not being perfect and um and chose people that weren't you know quote unquote perfect and ready Mm -hmm. to do this um i think it it speaks to you know them as a company and i think they did a really great job but um I, running for 11 days um you know not just like a couple miles here or there now we're, talking, we're not talking about like a streak we're talking about like really solid distances every day doubles every day <laughs> you could i mean if you could just kind of like day by day it you know not i mean nothing crazy obviously because we want to watch the film but like what were like where were you mentally each day and like was there certain days that stood out as like really great days really bad days um mm-hmm. Cause I, I just, I, I, I can't imagine it. Like, even yeah. though I've seen some of the clips still yeah. can't imagine like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, one would depend on the day for sure. And where we were running. Cause you also, what also happened is that you really got to know where, where your strengths and weaknesses, yeah. whether it was a road day or trail day and then strength and weakness on those different surfaces. Um, there are definitely moments where like, you know, you're on the trail and the only thing you want is to make it to the next checkpoint or to like get it, even just like get it over with. Um, yeah. And the only thing you can do is to like <laughs> keep moving forward as like cliche as that is. It's just, 
you you're out here you've got like the gps map map um, map excuse me like on your garmin it's just like nothing around for miles like what do you do when all you see is like trees as far and rocks as far as you can see it's like you gotta keep going um so i i definitely even the days where i was frustrated and the only thing i wanted was like to take a shower and to change and change change out of sweaty clothes it's just like really teaching you that you again you've got to be where you are to get to Mm -hmm. still get to where you're going so you can't you can't change that aspect of things yeah that's yeah like uh, yeah you got to be where you are to get where you're going um Mm -hmm. i mean because you you, no matter how much you want to you can't take yourself out of this moment and jump and skip skip anything what was like the what was the recovery like i mean because you guys had to like double down i'm sure on on as much rest as possible and recovery to continue Mm -hmm. every day um what was that like for you um recovery wise yeah i mean it was also kind of rough because the turnaround was so quick and you know we're six girls sleeping in an rv half the time and the times where we got a hotel room felt like such a luxury (laughs) (laughs) of like hot water and comfy beds um we had we did have a massage therapist that did his absolute best to like do some sort of treatment on us like mm-hmm. even like between checkpoints or like right before we're going to bed so at least we had yeah. something and we're going in blind it wasn't just like a, a full like massage treatment which would be yeah. great but just the fact that they they again thought to have someone with those skills to come along for the ride um, knowing that we what we be, the the work that we'd be putting on our bodies like during that time was super helpful. But yeah, I remember kind of like you know, finishing the run, um, put, putting a warm layer on because for the most part, you could we could stop at a checkpoint, but still have to like drive to the hotel or to the camping uh, site. So there was always a little bit of like that time to get to the final destination, I'd say. And then it was all about like making sure the food was ordered, which is like on the crew, to finding the showers wherever we were, do, super quick, fast showers and just like eat and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and um, I, I so what was like, was there like a theme, you know, it, like kind of playing in your head that to help you get through each day? Um, did that like you know, so maybe it's called your why or whatever or your mm-hmm. mantras, but like was there a theme, and then did did it change, you know, as the days went on? Mm. Uh, I would say I was powered a lot by knowing that people back home were watching this too like through instagram Mm -hmm. um so just getting messages from like the running community out here was always so helpful (laughs) and like it was also like i know maybe this project like introduced the girls and i to like a bunch of like new people and strangers but the fact that like i could tap in and be like the people back home are just happy that i'm doing this like they don't care (laughs) if i how fast or slow i am like they're the ones that this matters probably most to for me because it's like yeah. I'm showing them like this stuff like this is also possible outside of the city of Los Angeles. So yeah. t- kind of reminding myself that like they're already proud of me for like being here and then everybody else is coming in that's like new to me is mm-hmm. going to have their own views and judgment too. So um, tapping into like the community back here was uh, a big theme of mine. Um, yeah, because you were posting, like, you, were, you were actively posting like throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's important. Like, People can cool. look at social media different ways, but I'm just like, y'all are gonna know. <laughs> oh, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. What I went through today. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you, you probably like, I've gone on four mile, I've gone on six mile runs and had like kind of cool like revelations with things like, but I couldn't imagine like 11 days in a row of, you know, being out there, you know, yeah. and then you're with people and with the crew, but you're definitely in your head a lot. Like, 
Was there mm-hmm. something like throughout one of these days that was just that just stands out that you'll you'll never forget the th- the thoughts that you had? Mm. I remember each day kind of trying to mentally place myself like on a map, you yeah. know, trying to connect with like I'm in the state I've never been before. I don't know this neighborhood. I don't know these streets. I don't know the landscape, but like somehow, you know, like those pinpoints on a map, yeah. I'm trying to be like, all right, we're, I know we're in, you know, this side of the US and I might be right here and just being there. So I don't know, it was, it's kind of weird, but like every day trying to like just visualize where I was physically in the grand scheme of things. That's really, I mean, that's actually really cool though. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I mean, it, that's a big thought though too you know like it's mm, like yeah <laughs> you know it sounds like simple like to, if you looked at it on a piece of paper like that's pretty simple to dot on a page but mm-hmm. like for you to like be thinking about like where am i you know mm-hmm. and then like re- visualizing like what the map looks like again and you know because like i don't even know what like two plus two is at like mile 20 something of a marathon like so let yeah. alone like pulling out and like going like okay um mm-hmm. zooming out and saying like okay where am i on this thing I think that's a really cool, like, fun thought to, like, have and stick with and just visually kind of seeing yourself going. Did you feel like that, like, thought kind of helped you? Yeah. Like, yeah. connecting the dots from, like, from going right. to Boston and just kind of meandering down. It's just, like, you could see the progression, which was super helpful. Um, yeah. And this experiencing there – were, there were definitely parts where we weren't in the city because – running through the city was would just be too difficult but also experiencing such a difference of culture as far as like farmland and suburbia and all that stuff was also just like I'm I grew up in Los Angeles I know cities and skyscrapers and there was definitely a point where like all I wanted was to be back in the city but we still had miles and miles of just like trees (laughs) so when you saw so when you saw New York again you were probably like oh my god oh oh my gosh you have no good old old concrete and steel Yeah. Is that a bridge? Yes. You, um, and, um, you know, so going, you, you know, you kind of mentioned like going through like farmland or, you know, the country a bit and then these Mm -hmm. like places that you didn't, you're not familiar with. Um, yeah, you being a a black woman running from, you know, Boston to New York, um, has its other like layers of thought that Mm -hmm. and worry possibly. Um, did you, did, were you worried at all at certain times or were you uncomfortable or were there like moments that stood out that you, um, that were just didn't jive right with you? Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't have those thoughts going in. It was only like when we were running through the neighborhoods and you're seeing like, you know, blue lives matter signs and rows of like American flags on people's houses, which is like patriotism or nationalism. Like which one is it in this neighborhood and having to like do that mental math as you're, as you're running through, it's just like. Oh, this is a different part. This is like the the U.S. that I don't typically see, yeah. too. And so I feel like you could, you could be running by strangers or whoever was like out on a walk that day, and you know they'll smile and say hi. But for me personally, I'm always just like they could just be nice. I don't know the intentions of that person. Yeah. Like they just see a black girl running through their usual path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then could could you talk about that a little bit more? Because I've um, uh, I'm not sure if you're you read uh, did you read um. Allison, this year, this year's book, yeah. I'm going through it. Yeah, I've okay, got my yeah. copy. Because mm-hmm. um, um, I, I did a podcast with her, and she mentioned, um, you know, like the, the American flag. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know, like, I mean, I think by now, maybe most people have probably had this conversation or heard it happen before. But what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts like on 
just to kind of explain what like why you why you would see a row of American flags and kind of like like pull back a little bit. Yeah, um, it's sorry, it tapped into a meme too that I, I remember seeing, which I think is very relevant. It's like if you walk into a neighborhood and you see a bunch of flags from different countries, you're like, oh, this is a great place. It's like they're celebrating their differences and diversity, and no one's gonna be like, you know, take your Brazilian flag down because I'm gonna put my whatever up. So to me, I have it in my head that like seeing visual displays of different uh, communities and ethnicities, like that's a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. But if it's all just the U.S. flag, it gets kind of like you don't know what to think as a black as a black American. I want to say because it's like, what does support for this country look like for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's yeah, it's just too yeah. difficult to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and um, because like I've I had the I kind of grappled with that a bit, like when especially like twenty twenty, where mm-hmm. it was um. And I, I grew up in a I grew up in a house that like had um my, you know, my 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 grandfather was in the military both of my grandfathers in the military, um so you know my mom's dad you know passed and so she, he she had his flag the one that they gave you know mm, yeah, at the definitely. funeral wrapped up perfectly and all that and I've always remember seeing it like tucked away or and then she'd put it up and and I had pride um that that was you know my grandfather's flag and mm-hmm. all that like so I grew up being around it and then so i never really like thought about it any different way until like as i started getting older and then started to kind of uh learn more about you know our history mm-hmm. in america uh and what that flag um maybe didn't represent but it it flew while all the you know while all these other things were happening mm-hmm. alongside of it um and then and then 2020 when I, wait, wait. When was Kaepernick? Like that was probably before twenty twenty. Yeah, that predates. Yeah, that was yeah, before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, so like around that time, it wasn't because like, oh, Kaepernick's doing it, so I'm just gonna say forget it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, it was more like that question of like, okay, what is this? What does that flag like really, you know, stand for to some people? Because mm-hmm. like some people listening, they're like, you know, like it means a, a different. It's a two different sets. Like you said, like nationalism yeah. or patriotism. You know, it's yeah. like one or the other. Um, so I just wanted to like, I hope I'm glad you said that about the meme because it does it, it sometimes when I see especially multiple, like, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. there's chances are like there's a small chance that like I may not be welcome in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to stick or stick around and find out because somebody could say, yeah. like, this is in your head, but I'm not about to try to figure find this <laughs> yeah. out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm thank you for, for going there with that for a second. Sure. Um, and then so I and I, I love the fact that you knew up front that you know, that uh, trail trail running or just running in general at the time, probably, but uh, trail running wasn't very well represented, um, you know, when it comes to people of color. Um, mm-hmm. What has since then, like what has changed, if anything? Um, and then what do you think like the next best steps for trail running to do yeah. um, or running in general? And then what is like the call to action for for black folks, too, or people yeah. of color? Yeah. I think there's definitely a chance to uh, reframe our definition of outdoors, and I see I'm starting to see that in little ways where outdoors is you is literally whatever's outside your front door, like that is the outdoors, and it doesn't have to be um, going to a park or a mountain to do your recreation. So if we can, I think I I find big wins and breaking steps down, like also coming from like my like my public health background that I have is just like if you want to get people involved, you've got to like 
make it so simple to get started. Like, because yeah. that initial inertia can go, can do wonders, but you've, and you've got to be like, you can't be a brand and be like, you're only a trail runner if you've done Western States, if you've, you know, done the 50K. Yeah. Trail can mean so many things. It's a, it's a dirt path, it's grass, it's all these different things. So helping people find their definition of that within the sport. Maybe it starts with going on a walk and then escalating to like doing a hike. And then maybe you're running and jogging and then maybe you're signing up for races, but just breaking it down, um, being less judgmental of people's capabilities because you have to consider like the environment they grew up in and the access that they had. Like if they, if all they came up with or grew up knowing was just like, oh, the outdoors is like inaccessible to me because I need to have all this equipment. I need to have the time off. I need to have the childcare, all that stuff. Like that's already a barrier that came up with that's going to be pretty hard to break down unless someone comes in with a solution and they're like, we'll do a mom's group where we have like dedicated babysitters on the side so you guys can go off and do like your hike, you know. Mm -hmm. We'll do a corporate thing where everybody gets the same amount of time time off and we take you out into the hills or whatever to, to do an activity. Mm -hmm. So also meeting people where they're at. Yeah, no, I think that, and I think that's dope. And then, um, because it, it is like, you know, growing up, obviously, I mean, um, not obviously, but I didn't see a ton of people like, especially black folks running, you know, mm -hmm. um, for, for health at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I did, you know, they would be running on sidewalks and I would never have thought to, to think that people are running on running through the woods. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. or like, climbing like you know only people i saw climbing mountains were like on random tv stuff and it was like some some white people stuff you know mm -hmm. um and so like he's like it's so true like what my my vision of outdoors sports was those ones that you had to be like in yosemite or something like that yeah and yeah. you had the most like extreme definition <laughs> yeah like you, you know if, even if you want to like you're gonna have to go like rock climbing in a in like a rock climbing facility for a while mm -hmm. i mean you probably should if you're gonna go climbing obviously <laughs> yeah. but like it, it didn't it didn't register to me that like outdoors was just like just going for like a hike in Michigan because there's trails in Michigan, too. I just didn't know, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that like tr like trail running and just the outdoors could do a better job of just like you said, opening that like the aperture of like what um, like how to get into the, the thing and mm -hmm. how to go do it, you know, like yeah. literally walk outside, you know, yeah, yeah, go do this yeah. thing. Um, and as long as those, that, that starts to be more acceptable, then people kind of meander into like, oh, maybe I'll do this trail thing. Cause yeah. apparently you don't have to run the whole time, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, that, I think trail racing is really cool in that concept, in that aspect, because I think it's, it is intimidating because it's mm -hmm. normally, normally longer distances, but then at the same time, it's more, uh, like open because the energy isn't, you better be running fast. You yeah. know, the energy is like, let's go out here. Let's get it done. Yeah. Let's eat, let's eat like Oreos and drink <laughs> bourbon and yeah. weird stuff like on the, on the aid stations. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you, you you had to eat in a trail race? I don't even know if it's weird, but I literally. I mean, okay, weird, I, weird, in the, weird in like the kind of like the, the comparison. I wouldn't just do it. I mean, during a trail race, it's I, I tend to gravitate to like a salted potato, which is really weird. Like that potatoes is something that I reach for, but like the carbs and the salt com combine it's perfect um wait wait so yeah you like so like when you're running you got like the little backpack and you're like whipping oh up. no like at an aid station okay I'm like <laughs> i'm like reaching for like salt no i'm not carrying potatoes so i've like, seen runners you're, yeah <laughs> you're just like running with a potato yeah it while you're running throw the salt back in the bag 
Um, yeah, salted potatoes. I don't know if I, because I'm also weary of just like getting sick. So I'm never the type to be like combined, but I do allow myself to have more sugar than I normally do. It's like the one time where I am reaching for like um, a soda, Coke, uh, watermelons, whatever, like small treats that I can get for quick bursts of energies. Cause that's just not how I normally eat. So it's like on the trail, you just got to think like longevity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Energy expenditure. Um, so, yeah. So they're also fun in that aspect. It's just like free range to, yeah. to do something like outside of yourself. Yeah, like yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll see that on the trail race. I see that banana. I won't have so much finish. Like, oh yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, I'll try that. I'm out here yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah I got some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like to bring that back because I mean we didn't finish off like that. You know the 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 uh, Boston to New York adventure. Um, when you like you know crossing the finish line, the, the first finish line you you crossed it as a, for a marathon was like you felt invincible and you mm-hmm. could do anything. Um, mm-hmm. and at that time, would you have thought that anything that anything you said you think you could do do you think it would have been running from one city to the next no i no (laughs) oh my gosh when i said anything i meant like i could like you know get that's a good question like within these bounds maybe but did i think like running from city no absolutely not i mean i did a ragnar if that will count but that's so different number one that is an actual relay it's a like it's a step Towards yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the rag, yeah, it was, if it was, it'd be a Ragnar if you did it yourself, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so, but when you crossed, like, when you made it to New York, mm-hmm. and I feel, I believe you did like the, were you doing like the Millie Rock once you got there? Did you oh. do it? You did the <laughs> Millie Rock. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody go. Um, oh, that's yeah. not that's, that's nowhere. To, that's not on your pages. That's in the. That's in the video. That's, that's yeah. That's on the the extended yeah. uh, preview. <laughs> okay, so I'll have to post the extended preview because I mean, it gets to gets to New York after running eleven days and how yeah. many miles? How many miles? Ooh. Uh, one hundred ninety-seven. Two hundred ninety-seven miles. Yeah. And does the Millie Rock? Um, <laughs> in by Times Square. Times Square. <laughs> Perfect way to end it for 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 a lady that dances. But so you get to that point. Other than the Millie Rock, like, what did you feel when you got there? Mm. Ooh, so I, I, there's a part of me that was just like, okay, great. Like, it is coming to an end. Like, there is an end to this and that relief. And again, finding myself crying because you just forget how much of an emotional investment it is because you're almost robotic day in and day out. Where to the point where it's just like, you get up, run, sleep, do it again. So to, 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 to reach the destination and to see, you know, the store did such a great job of like setting up a nice finish line for us and having people join us in, in the park and just being like, I don't know what to feel, but I feel a lot at the same time mm-hmm. and I kind of have no words in the moment. Yeah. So it came out as tears. It was just like, wow, yeah. like we did that and I'm, we're still standing. <laughs> yeah, like we are still yeah. living. Yeah. And then, I mean, was that uh, was that sense that that feeling of invincibility there, or was it just was it a different feeling? What, how was that? Yeah. Oh, I would say yes to the invincibility part, um, but also kind of like, oh, I think it was just different in the sense that like the entire challenge 
was new and unknown. It's like marathons. You knew people that have done it before. Mm -hmm. This is something like you're coming into this firsthand with so many other people. Um, and you're looking back at the days where like you were hurting and you didn't know if you could get to this finish line or again, like being sick and having to like do like sit out and things like that. So, and also uh, a bit of maturity, I guess I would say like, you know, it's been some years from that first finish line to, to now. So I'm also kind of looking at this as like where I am in my life. It's like the things that I have to accomplish in that time span from the first marathon and then where mm -hmm. I'm able to go from this finish line. Yeah. Yeah. So recognizing like your own growth, I think it is, it was an important aspect of that and the growth you did in those 11th days too. Right. Yeah. Cause there's, mm -hmm. there had to be a lot of, a lot of, you had a lot of time to think and, and, and challenge old thoughts and get over barriers or get past barriers that you thought were just concrete and you kind of mm -hmm. like get up blasting through those. Um, but I, I mean, I just want to say, you know, number one, congratulations for, for, you know, finishing that. Um, but then even more so, praise for um like accepting the challenge mm -hmm. and and committing to like you know i'm gonna go out here and do this whether it was for you or it was for us or it was for both yeah um it's appreciated and felt and it's super inspiring um and if if anybody's listening that, that hasn't seen it um mm -hmm. needs to just go to your page and check out some of the days <laughs> go to your you go to your your uh, um, instagram and check out some of the days that you shared um, but it was just incredible, like seeing six women go out there and do that. But you know, I just gravitated to 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 you for a fairly obvious reason, just because you know, growing up, I would have never thought that. Definitely, I didn't think I would do it, but I definitely didn't <laughs> know, like, you know that I'd be following a, a young black lady that's like, you know what, I'll 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 do this challenge and run. It wasn't like you just on roads; you were going through like the Appalachian yeah. Trail. <laughs> like it wasn't just like a standard view like it was like you're all over the place skipping you know yeah. cutting over highways and yeah and stuff like that um but like your hats off to you for for carrying the torch grab you know taking that challenge carrying the torch finishing that race and mm -hmm. kind of letting whoever watching know that you know you can do some crazy shit if you try yeah you know? yes <laughs> that's what makes life fun <laughs> yeah yeah it makes life yeah fun yeah, yeah that's, that's that that i do it Type two fun. I don't know if that's, yeah, fun, that's type two fun. Type two. Um, but so what would you say like after like you've done quite a bit, like you've done some stupid probably amount of miles over the last, you know, ten years or not mm -hmm. ten years, like five, six, seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Um what would you say to people watching um that resonates with you? Um, mm -hmm. but it's something that you want to share with others. Mm. Uh, first thing that came to mind was not being afraid to change and start over. Because uh, I think that's that's been a constant over the past seven-ish years of running. It's just like something we were talking about earlier. It's just like being in that season that you're in and not trying to always uh, maybe build upon the last or trying to compete with whoever you were two or three years ago. So really, I'd say like, you know, in Buddhist terminology, it's having that beginner's mind. I'm big on meditation too. So seeing like even if you've done something a million times and you think like you've got the concept but just being like if you're open enough you can you can you'll always find something new to learn and new to do so just coming into that beginner's mind and seeing like uh what how that new thing can reveal itself to you yeah yeah mm -hmm. no I like i like that i mean because i feel like it's 
because even when things are working, because um, mm-hmm. everything works until it doesn't, you know, it's just right. like it is what it is. Um, and being not approaching things with a beginner's mind and butting your head against something that like seems like for like, because a lot of runners will be have run for their whole lives or 10 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. they all this progress. And then all of a sudden it's like you just you kind of plateau or you hit a wall. And it's like I, yeah. I've been I just can't get past this point. And I think that a lot of that could come from like, or you could get past that with coming towards this activity or life with a beginner's mind, because you, it, you'll be quicker to say like, oh, okay, well, today's different than that, you know, than that, yeah. that mm-hmm. thing, or, you know, um, and just in life in general, there's so many times where like the, the stubbornness or reluctance, reluctancy to try something a little different because yeah. that's not who I am, you mm-hmm. know, feeling then you it's it's easier to get stuck you know and being stuck really um really sucks takes longer yeah (laughs) it's the process much less enjoyable i feel and yeah it takes longer as opposed to just like releasing all of that and being open yeah yeah if you ever seen a freestyle dancer do the same dance over and over again it gets pretty boring so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. definitely switch it up yeah Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and like I said, you're super inspiring to me and to others. And I'm also very glad that you are willing to do shows like this, but then also put yourself out there to be like in, you know, Runners World magazine and other magazines and other um, publications and like outdoor mm-hmm. um, to just continue to to share your voice, your opinion, your thoughts, um, pictures of people of color in places is cool but it's also very cool when you can like open it up or click the link and hear like hear your voice too so appreciate Mm -hmm. you for you know throwing yourself out there and doing that thing um because i know for sure that if my daughter 15 was able to catch your story or does Mm -hmm. catch your story somewhere out there she'll be inspired too so i appreciate you for that so thank you so much thank you thank you for being on the show and if you're listening please run eat sleep and repeat yo i'm so happy that i had the opportunity to sit down and and really meet me today um i feel i feel a connection to her just because of her her soul and her spirit and the way that she goes about doing things um and hopefully you leave out of this episode inspired as well um and you know learn more about her make sure you please go follow her um she's doing great things she's um creating more awareness for you know black trail running or black ultra running and any way that we can encourage diversity in any form and women as well too so it's not like just black but uh, any way that we can um promote more diversity in any level or form of this sport called running um, the better off the experiences will be for all of us Um, because all of us bring all these different aspects and experiences to this one race and the more that we share those experiences and share our feedback about how trail running or road running or ultra running or triathlon or whatever it is the more we share our feedback experiences 
in these things, these events, in these offerings would just be, continue to grow and get better and better. So shout out to me today for, for being on the front line for so many different things um, and pushing through and anybody that's struggling with any type of illness or disease or um, something debilitating, um, there's people like me today out there that continue to push through and inspire the hell out of me. So hopefully she inspires the hell out of you. Thank you so much. Episode 91 over and out.